It's Encounter with God section here on Faith FM, that time of day when we get into our Bible study time. 20 million people studying the same passage of the Bible right across the world on the same day, so you can be a part of that Bible study movement. Our passages today are going to come from the book of Acts. Okay, so a quick reminder that if you would like to have the Faith FM app, so you've got to look for Faith FM Australia, uh, particularly if my mate Chris is still listening in the United States. Don't get the Faith FM America one. Get the Faith FM Australia one. Uh, you'll be able to listen to The Breakfast Show and all of our other shows right there. Mm. You simply run it through the uh, your car stereo system with an auxiliary cord or a Bluetooth, whatever you've got, and it will play perfectly brilliant. Um, right on the other side of the world. So, yeah, Faith FM app, and there's so much more you can do there. You can rewind, you can fast forward to a certain extent, <laughs> if you've rewound. Uh, you can listen to us after the show, even when we're not on air. You can listen to all of your favourite Faith FM speakers. Uh, you can simply look them up on their podcast and away you go with it. There's a lot of big update went through on the app recently, so there's a whole bunch of new features there. So, yeah, download that free app, check it out. Uh, have a look, see what uh, have a, have a play around with it, see what can be done with it, yeah. and you will be excited by what happens there with uh, the Faith FM app. So yeah, do get it. It was Absolutely. good to uh, good to have my mate Chris uh, listening from the United States this morning and sending in a few messages. That's uh, so good. Yeah, we we've connected after. Uh, 26 years. This is what is amazing about technology. People yes. complain about it, but you know what? It has its amazing perks. It does. Yeah. It certainly does. Okay, Bible study time. Acts yes. chapter 18, verse 1 to 5. Acts 18, verse 1 to 5. Of course, the other way to listen to uh, Faith FM if you are outside of a signal area is faithfm.com.au. Mm. You can go there, press play, away it goes. Sorry, had to yawn there for a sec. Okay, so Acts 18, um, chapter 18, 1 to 5 says, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar... Claudius? Anyway, Caesar deported all the Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers, just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and the Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent all his time preaching the word. He testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. Okay, so when Paul goes to Corinth, what, what's uh, what's the first thing that the Bible talks about here? He gets to know he some. He gets to know some Jews. Gets to know some Jews, mm. and they are significant Jews. Yep, uh, they are from the city of Rome. They were born in Pontus, but they've been living in Rome. And if they've been living in Rome, they're going to be wealthy people. They're going to be merchants. They're going to be you know they're not going to be your um, your average peasant. You know, you don't find Jewish peasants living in Rome. And so these are significant citizens of the country. They, they strike up a friendship. They become good friends. And then he begins to minister in that particular area. Now, what is interesting here is that you have a whole bunch of different names that are mentioned of people. Yeah. So what are some of the different names that we have here? So we have Aquila, mm -hmm. who is who we met, and Priscilla. His we wife. have the Caesar. Mm -hmm. Claudius. Yep. We have um, Silas and Timothy. Mm -hmm. I think that might be it from this passage. And is obviously it? Paul. Yeah, and obviously Paul as well. Now... What's interesting here is that once again you've got this model where Paul is going to be in Corinth for about a year and a half, mm. uh, which is pretty much a short amount of time to do a church plant. You've been involved in church planting. I've been involved in church planting. Church planting is not easy. Yeah. 
But what he's doing is he is connecting with local people. Yes. And once again, we're going to have this model of connect with local people, train them. Mm. And so Aquila and Priscilla, both of them, are going to become uh, significant and founding members of the church there in Corinth uh, that are going to be closely associated with Paul so that he can then move on and continue in ministry and broaden his sphere of influence. So he can share his sphere of influence with these people, then they can pass it on down through there. You've got the same thing he's bringing in. You've got uh, Timothy and Silas Mm. who are working with him. And so you've got this kind of core group that forms here made up of about five people. Yeah. And that's how they planned a church in Corinth. Do you think... Sorry. <laughs> just, I do sometimes, yeah. yes. On occasions I have no, thoughts. I was just thinking about this story <laughs> and like, then we were looking. The way you paused that. Yeah, do, no. you, do you think? <laughs> pause. No, I was just thinking of how I was going to ask this. So looking at this story and then with Jesus yesterday, like we were looking at how Jesus calls the 12 disciples yes. kind of briefly. Um, when we talk about doing this model, right? So you you kind of train up and invest in just a small group mm-hmm. and then you continue on. What do you think the difference is, though, between the way we tend to do it now and these guys like here and saying Paul lived and worked with them? That's doing a lot of life together. It's not just a, hey, let's catch up once a week and I'll mentor you or we'll do a Bible study. Same as Jesus. He walked and lived with them for like three and a half years. Do you think we kind of create a hindrance for ourselves in that we have to work around all the busyness of? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying we have to live with all the people we're doing ministry with, but at the same time, just by the nature of life, the people you have close proximity to, you just have a different influence. Like, it's just the nature of relationships. Yes. It's an interesting discussion to have, you know, even when we consider the discussion that we had during the interview. Yes. On yeah, boundaries. true. Now, I don't know about you, but I've certainly been in that experience where I've had somebody who has been boarding in my home, working in the same place that I'm working, mm. worshipping in the same church that I'm worshipping in <laughs> for an extended period of time. Mm. You know, not for just a couple of months, but for an extended period of time. And even amongst the best of friends, you know, you, you, you get tensions after a while. For sure. Yeah. It can be challenging at times. I'm going to come back and I'm going to discuss that a little bit further because... Good, good, uh, because I I was like, I must know what you think about this. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. So when you look at that scenario and you put it into the context of how long Paul spent in Corinth, it kind of makes sense to me Mm -hmm. because that's going to be an intense relationship. Aye. You work together, you worship together, you live together. You are kind of never separated from these people. Uh They are husband and wife. You are a third wheel. Uh And uh, 18 months is probably a good period of time for something like that. Um, (laughs) So that you can stay friends. (laughs) So you can stay friends and move on. But it's also a good period of time to be able to mentor uh, these people in the way of Christ and to be able to then move on and leave them in charge of the church and the, in charge of the growth of the church. Mm. I think there's something here that we uh, that is a little bit different 
about the evangelism that Paul was doing at that time that we also often don't bring into consideration. He begins his evangelism in every city that he goes to with the Jewish community. Yes. And the reason he does so is for the Jewish community, they already knew their Bibles inside out, back to front and upside down. Mm, mm -hmm. All he has to do is add Jesus Christ into the equation and once Jesus is there, they now have a complete picture. And I think we often miss that in today's world where so often when we share Jesus with somebody, we're starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Or Uh, even trying to undo bad pictures. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we're, yeah, we're, yeah, that's right. So we're either starting from scratch or we're starting from well behind scratch. Mm. And so our work is going to be longer and more intense as a result of that. Mm. Uh, you know, you're not, you're often not working with people that have a, you know, a deep understanding of the Bible and a devout relationship with God, um, by setting up, you know, with, Aquila and Priscilla is set up with people who do have a deep understanding of the Bible and a devout knowledge of God, relationship with God. He can then train them in and they can then, you know, become the leaders in that church that became a very, very mixed church. Corinth mm. was Corinth at its time was one of the biggest cities in the world. At this time, first century, Corinth was one of the biggest cities in the world. Out of it, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you often think about the Greek cities and Athens is possibly one of the most famous um, but Corinth was the big one. Athens was actually a really small city. It was the center of arts and philosophy. Mm-hmm. Corinth was the center of trade. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So you're having people come from everywhere. It's like Sydney and Melbourne. Yep, yep. Melbourne is the ancient Athens, but if Melbourne was really small, it would be it would be Australia's Athens. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, just what? Sorry, going back to what you were saying about the fact that. Um, Paul was talking to the Jews as well. I think that's actually, I, I mean, it's important to have both. It's super important to have both. But I do think that the way he's done this with that he had a core team of people who were on board with the same mission, mm. I think that's really important. I mean, I haven't been involved in starting a church plant, but I've worked with people who have. And that's one of the things I said that it's really hard to find your core team. And without that core team, it can just be, not a bad burden, but it can just be really wearying, you know, that you're Absolutely. like, you know, do I have these people that I don't Burnout material. We, yeah, yeah, 100%. And it just makes a lot of sense to me that um, I, was saying, I was saying to Liam this morning, like I just, I, my dream, which, you know, could be unrealistic, but I would love to just get like 10 friends that were all like, yep, this is our purpose. Like we're intentionally doing this together. Go to a town where there's no particular, um, I mean, obviously like I'm Adventist, but, you know, there's no particular influencer and just, Plant a church, but just intentionally do it. So we're all in the community. We have jobs, but we're just doing life together. We'll do church together, like, and invite people into that. Um, but to find people that you're all willing to do that and willing to invest for, like, yeah, probably at least five years is what people are telling me. They reckon that's right. That's, yeah. what, it will, that's what it will take. Yeah, like that's that's you're gonna hard have to put work. In, you're going to have to put in five years, and you're going to have to deal with your first split. Oh, but like all of that is big stuff. Yes. So it actually makes a lot of sense that um, although Paul did a lot of ministry, we know with the Gentiles, I think it's still really important that you have your core team. Like Christianity is not meant to be lived out alone. When you find church plants that fall over, it's often because of the res- the, the the result of a lack of having a core team. Oh, 
Oh, interesting. And people burn out and when, you know, the church lasts as long as they do pretty much. Hmm. So somebody sent through a text message here and I think it's actually really interesting that explains, you know, some of the reason why, what made this relationship work Mm -hmm. because we might look at that relationship and say that's a bit too intense, I couldn't handle that. And so somebody's talked about the persecution that existed in those days Mm. and... Uh, just made this point, the glue that held them together was persecution, which we don't normally have in our country. That's a good point. So you get somebody who's going to come and board in your home, uh, that's great, and then they're going to work with you and worship with you, and that can be intense. And as Australians, we're like, oh, we can't do that forever. You know, there's a, there's a certain point where we've got to have some space. Mm. Um, no matter how much you absolutely love the person, you've at some point you've got to have some space. And so... Um, but we're not under persecution. Mm. And persecution would make a big difference. Persecution would, would would add a lot of glue to that scenario. That's a really good point, actually, because mm. there are persecuted Christians in the world today, and that's one thing that they often have, right, is that really close, I guess, closeness with each other because it's like, no, we, we have to support each other. We have to uplift each other in prayer. We have to, you know, there's just a bit more of that urgency in relationship and real relationship not just oh, i'll be nice to you until you leave like <laughs> that's a good point mm. okay let's go to acts chapter 20 verse 1 to 4 acts 20 verse 1 to 4 okay when the uproar was over paul sent for the believers and encouraged them then he said goodbye and left for macedonia while there he encouraged the believers in all towns he passed through then he traveled down to greece where he stayed for three months he was preparing to sail back to Syria when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life. So he decided to return through Macedonia. Several men were travelling with him. They were Sopater, the son of Pyrrhus from Beria, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. I wonder why some of these names have existed oh, man. <laughs> and have lasted through into uh, modern times and some of them haven't. Yeah, true. I mean, there's some cool names in that list. They're actually very cool. I was, My brain was just like, oh, this I'm sure it's not how you pronounce this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, I got many. <laughs> this is awesome. I was like, use my phonics, but I'm like, but my phonics are English. <laughs> uh, and... You know, you, you look at, yeah, that's right. Timothy, Timothy's a, a... Yeah, Timothy has stayed. People are still called Timothy today. It's easy to read. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, if Timothy had vanished, mm-hmm. like some of those, like, you know, Gaius, I don't know that I know yep. Gaius. What were some of the other Gaius. names there? Trophimus? Uh, yep. Trophimus, Tychicus, Tychicus. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that even. Tychicus. P-Y-R-R-H-U-S. How do I say that? Pyrrhus. Pyrrhus. Yeah. Pyrrhus. Pyrrhus. Oh, there we go. That makes more sense. Maybe they do have these names existing still in some cultures. I've not come across these names. Mm. Uh, But, you know, uh, Timothy is is definitely uh, uh, a name that is easy for us to read because we still use it. You've you've made somebody happy this morning, by the way. Why? Because I can't say these (laughs) names. <laughs> you have brought joy to their morning. So somebody's texted through to say, "Well read." I was laughing. Made my morning. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Ticket for the team. <laughs> Posit- positively different news right there. It's just like you. 
I just like you know that you're a fluent reader, and then you're like, oh, but am I? <laughs> <laughs> you're a school teacher, Minnie. I know, but this is in English. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. We are so limited as, as Aussies. We only learn one language. It's terrible. I know it is. Uh, okay, so once again, the model that you've got here, and this is the model of church growth for the early church, is that we often think of Paul as being the great, you know, the, the great missionary. Mm. But he was not a great missionary alone. No. Yes. In every single one of his missionary journeys. Because even you read the first few verses of this and it's like, and Paul went here, and then Paul went there, and then Paul went somewhere else. And you think, oh, he's travelling by himself. No, he's Never. not travelling by himself. Mm-mm. We don't have any record of Paul travelling by himself. He's travelling with a retinue of uh, younger men that he is training, that he is mentoring, and that he can leave behind to become pastors and leaders in the churches that he is establishing. He is working with a small group that are a support base for him and for each other. That's the model that we have. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, where do we get up to? Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 16 now, verse 11 to 15. Acts 16, verse 11 to 15. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak there with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Liddy from Thyatira a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptised along with other members of her household and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay in my home. And she urged, she urged us until we agreed. There you go. So Paul wasn't somebody who was pushing his way into people's homes. Mm. He had to be urged. Yeah. But the other thing that we find here is that there is a group of true believers in um, in Philippi. Yes. There's no synagogue. This is interesting. Mm, yeah, no they're meeting at the riverbank to pray. That's right. Mm. So this is something that I think that uh, our churches need to think about during uh, this COVID crisis. Mm. A lot of our larger churches are unable to worship because of the uh, four square metre rule. Uh, and the maximum number of people allowed into a large building, etc. And so the worship services are kind of not happening. And as a result of that, people are dying spiritually. We can see it taking place. Mm. It is super unhealthy not to be having church. However, why not go and do what these guys did? They didn't have a synagogue. Mm -hmm. They couldn't go to the synagogue. In their case, it wasn't because of a global pandemic. In their case, it was because they didn't have a synagogue in that city. And so what would they do? They would go and worship by the river. Yeah. Now, this is also an interesting story because when Paul goes out there to worship with them by the river, you would expect there to be just a a group of Jewish people who are gathering together to worship. Mm. This is a group of women. Yeah, it seems to be just women. What's going on here? I don't know what's going on here. I would love to know what's going on here. Are these women married to Gentiles? Mm. Or are their husbands... Just like really secular Jews, and it's like, why would I go and worship? I've got things to do. Mm-hmm. You know what? What's the story behind this? This is a unique story in the New Testament, uh, where you have a uh, a whole situation, a whole scenario where it's just like th- th- there's no other story like this. 
Yes. Yep. But Paul is not dissuaded by the fact that he is meeting with women. He doesn't blink an eye. Mm. Does Do you think, because it says that Lydia gets baptised along with other members of, of her household. household, would they be the people included at this meeting? Like would it have been a family gathering of women or just other members in the household? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Mm. But what's interesting to me is it says Lydia and other members of her household, her household. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she has a family. She has a household. This goes back to the sphere of influence. There's no mention of a husband. Correct. Correct. So you would think Lydia, you know, went back to into the city of Philippi, told the gospel message, invited Paul around, and Lydia and her husband and their family got baptised. Mm-hmm. That's not the story you have here. It doesn't say There's that. There's no husband in this equation. Mm. And it doesn't call her a widow either. You know, because the Bible generally notes that when somebody's a does. widow. The Bible notes that. And do- mm. there's, some, there's some sleuthing to go on here, some reading between the lines to try and figure out what's going on. I suspect that she's either married to a Gentile or a secular Jew. Mm-hmm. And at no point do we find a you know, mention of her husband. Mm. Anyway, I we're sidetracked. It, I, I find it really interesting that she she urges it because generally, if you use the term like someone urges us, that's like a they kind of have to repeat themselves a few times. It's, that's right. You know, it's not She's like not taking hey, no come. For an answer. And Paul's like, nah, actually, it's fine. It's like, no, no, you must come. You must stay with us. Let me feed you. And like, that's right. You know, like and Paul's still like, no, 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 no. And she's like, I will not take no for an answer. Yeah, she's you like, are going to live in my home. If you think I'm a true believer, like, yes, <laughs> yes, she pulls this. Um, you know, like the ministry card, really. Like, yes, let's let's be believers together. Let's talk about Jesus. Like, and she's a spiritual leader here in this mm. particular because it is. You know, Paul reaches out to Lydia, and then we find that her household. Mm-hmm. You know, so she so she has influenced her household. Yes. She is a spiritual leader in this particular city at this particular point. And I actually think that's a really important point that you just made. Is that. Um, I mean, I don't live with my parents or even siblings or anything, but I think sometimes we are in the position to invite people into our homes who maybe someone else in our house wouldn't, but they'll, they're willing to be in their presence if you've invited them. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So there are people I know that are like, oh, you know, I can't bring this person to church. Well, what if you bring the person into your home that's far less threatening and it's also you're a real person now, not just a Ooh, scary church member. And then I think... I think relationship can grow, therefore, the people in your household, like in your family who maybe aren't so interested, those connections are really important just for them, just mm-hmm. to see a Christian outside of you sometimes. Um, anyway, so I don't know if that's a situation with Lydia, but she's doing that. She's going, okay, I'm going to bring people who are following Jesus into my home. Yes. You know, not yes. just they'll meet me when we're doing church together. Yes. Absolutely. Very good. All right, let's go on, and we have one more Bible verse here, and that is Acts. Oh, verse 40. Will it read for us verse 40 real quick there in chapter 16, mm-hmm. verse 40. says, When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. That's right. So you've got the whole Paul and Silas thing. They get locked up. There's an earthquake. Uh, they get let out. Um, the, bapti- the, the, the jailer and his family and his children are baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the thing that we do need to remember. When we're talking about the household, we're talking about the children as well. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about the children as well. Do not forget the fact that in both of these, Lydia and the jailer, mm-hmm. their children are giving their lives to God. Yeah. We yeah. should never, ever overlook this. Um, and, uh, 
it's an important part of the story. We often sort of focus on the adults and there is more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we did have this verse here in Acts chapter 12. Let me just read it very quickly. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. No, that's the wrong one. That's the one we just read. Hmm. Let me go to the next one. Uh, Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me. Where does he head to? He heads to a small group. Hmm. A small group, Bible study, prayer, meeting. Uh, I should say a small group, prayer, meeting. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.